kembali dari makai menurut gua. Awak ni bayar orang orang terus. Who's James? No, we talk James. Um, it's not the one anybody that was on my prayer list. I'll just give an update. Uh, any other updates or praises or prayer requests? I just, I, I, just, I just praise God that I got over all this stuff I've got. Mm-hmm. I'm still not 100%, but it's just now. Thank you for the prayers. Um, praise because uh, <clears throat> last Monday uh, my interpreter my interpreter visited his father in prison okay. and they allowed him to see his father mm-hmm. unfortunately he is sick mm-hmm. uh, his father is still in prison because of preaching the gospel mm-hmm. And the government allowed him to visit his father once a month. Amen. That's yes. a praise. Yes, sir. But continue to pray for his father. He's still in prison. Yes. What's his name? Uh, Somly, That's his name. His last name is Bilaket. B E L A K E D. Be like that. Right. Any other? I have some chest pains. We've already been through this one time, so I don't know if I get to the doctor. Any other updates? 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 Any you know, I'm just going to comment on Jimmy's comment that uh, we live in a country we don't have to worry about uh, being locked up or preaching to where he's gone. Well, I told my horses on that just a little bit because there was a fellow that was uh, locked up uh, this week. Um, for five to three and a half sides of abortion okay. So, um, it is everywhere now. Um, just, uh, you won't see it on TV because it doesn't fit the narrative, but, uh, you think it's right. Uh, evil is rampant and it's getting, I don't know when the end of the world is. And I don't know when the rapture is, but I know we ain't got as long ago as we had. Uh, all you have to do is look around you and see the things Satan's doing. He's out in the public town. He don't care. So that tells me that uh, things are getting ramped up fast. And so uh, we need to be in prayer for the lost and we need to be sharing our faith. So now it's critical. Um, plant a seed and watch it grow. Well, they're called angels, I mm-hmm. think. Demons. Yeah, demons. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, he said that they have been, he has released them, and he said, be ready. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, it, it is there, it is blatant, and it is out. Um, excuse me. Uh, any other? Well, along the same line, so there's uh, a guy who wrote uh, Harbinger. What's his name? Seven. 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 Okay. Seven. All right. Uh, 
I think that's all of the announcements I have. There's no word, then uh, let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, Father God, we love you. We, uh, we thank you for this opportunity we have to, to gather in your name. Lord, we thank you that, uh, that we can worship you with all of our heart and with all of our souls and with all of our might and, and, and our strength and, and our body, Lord. Uh, we ask you to open your word up to us. We lift up those that were mentioned tonight. Son uh, Lee, Lord, in that situation, uh, we thank you for intervening to where uh, the son can see the father. Lord, we ask that you would uh, intervene more and let him receive a pardon since he's in poor health and be able to see the doctor. Lord, we just ask you to invade that situation and touch the hearts that need to be softened so that so that you can go about uh, serving you again. Uh, and serving you where he is. Uh, Lord, we thank you that uh, he still still has the gospel to preach. Lord, we just uh, give you praise for that. Lord, I ask you to be with uh, those that are in the hospital, those that are facing uh, procedures and coming through procedures. We give you praise for that. Uh, Lord, we just ask you to be with those that aren't here tonight for whatever reason. Uh, we lift them up to you and ask you to put a hedge of protection around them. Lord, I ask that you uh, give Roger and I the ability to express what you would have us to express to be received by the heart uh, that will be listening tonight. Lord, we just love you and we ask it in your holy name. Amen. Uh, we're in chapter 4 uh, uh, of Romans and we're almost through with uh, Abraham being justified before circumcision. Uh, we got to verse 12, and uh, and then verse 13 picks up the promise of granted through faith, and uh, we'll get to that. I'm going to read the finish up uh, this little second verse 12. It says, And the father of the circumcision to those who not only are of the circumcision, but who uh, also walk in the steps of the faith which our father Abraham had while still uncircumcised. And so, Paul here is making the uh, he's making a case. You know, the circumcision was before the law. The faith was before the law. Uh, just because you were circumcised was none of salvation. And you thought that they could be saved because of birthright and the, and the rituals that they performed. Uh, and they and they adhered to. So Abraham became the father of the circumcised. Abraham was uh, the physical father of all the descendants of Isaac. Alright? And so uh, Romans uh, 9, 6, and 7 talks about that. We haven't got there yet in our study, but that's looking forward. Uh, Abraham was claimed as father by all the Jews in John 8, 39 uh, and 40. Uh, we all know that when Jesus, when Jesus was questioned by the Sadducees and the Pharisees uh, and the scribes, what did he say? You know, they, what did they say? They said that they had Father Abraham. Right? Well, and Jesus told them they missed point in so many words that, you know, he gave a covenant with Abraham to bless the generation that Israel did. I mean, they didn't. Their job was to take God to the world, and they did. They, they held it in, and they don't share God. And, and, and we're all called at the end of Matthew. That's our, that's our job. 
That's, that's our marching order. To take the gospel to the world. And to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach them to obey all He commands. And so the thing that He told us, starting with that right there, you know, at the end of Matthew, it wasn't a suggestion. It was a command. That that's what we do. That's our obligation. We were saved. We should be more than willing to share our gospel. We need to be more than willing to share our experiences because each one of us has a different experience. Each one of us come to salvation broken. Not one of us came to salvation a whole person. All of us came the same way, needing to be redeemed. And so we are people out there who are looking for that redemption. They're looking for that love and it's our responsibility to say, hey, I know how you can have Because it happened to me. Let me tell you about my story. Let me tell you what God did in my life. That's all it is. Sharing the gospel is not rocket science. It's not. We make it that way because we come up with all, we're afraid we're going to be rejected. How many times in a day do you get told no? <laughs> I don't even count them. I mean, there's a lot of things in this life I ask for. Nope. 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 You can go down and lift that. Uh, and so, <laughs> uh, why are you afraid to do that? Are you afraid somebody's going to call you a name? How many of us grew up on a playground? I bet we got called worse names by our friends than we will for somebody we don't even know. What are they going to do? Put their hands on you? Most folks won't. They'll turn around and walk off. You might get somebody to try to do that. But that's okay. You need to understand. The Holy Spirit is guarding you while this is happening. Nine times out of ten, they may get vulgar, they may get ugly, but they ain't most of the time they're not going to lay hands on you. And so, go ahead. I know that's the year. Go ahead. And so, you know, that's what it is. That, you know, they claim, they claim Father Abraham, and that was their that was their source of salvation. Right, and in that point where they're claiming the law, where they're claiming Abraham, remember as a descendant, uh, it's interesting because if you were descendants of Abraham, well, Jesus said, are you children of Abraham? Not just descendants, children. Children by faith. They tell you they're children by faith. And if you listen to this uh, covenant in chapter 17 of Genesis, because this is interesting, he says, um, God is telling over and over and over, I am God Almighty. I will confirm my covenant between me and you. I will give you the sign of circumcision, which, if you read it, you are to undergo circumcision and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and you. This is a sign from God. This is not that. See, they possess the law. They possess Abraham. They now possess circumcision. No. It's a sign. It's a sign from God. It doesn't mean they possess it. If God possesses this covenant. He fulfilled it completely. Right? Right. He, they didn't have any part of it. Well, they had a part of it, but they did not they didn't perform faith. They did not perform the the pot, the smoking pot was what God did to establish the covenant between Abraham and Joel. Uh, he seen his descendants. Yeah. So in all of this, 
this covenant, as I'm reminded by a 97, 98 year old lady, no, it's not, uh, it, it's a sign from God of the covenant. It's not just a sign for them that they're members of this Israelite nation. No, it's a sign from God that they're to remember their covenant. I was reminded of this 90 times, and it says it right here, chapter 17 of Genesis. So clear in this one. Abraham became a father to all who followed his faith. The the circumcision was a sign of the covenant. But how did you how did you become part of the family of Abraham? By faith. That's what this whole thing is about. How do you accept Christ? By faith. How did Abraham uh, righteousness get accounted to him? By faith. How did salvation come? By faith. And so this is what Abraham is the father of all who are children of promise. Galatians uh, 4, uh, 22 to 31. The promise. What is the promise? Those who call upon my name shall be what? Saved. And, show, and, and then you, go, you know, we, we tie the other in there with it. You know, that he goes and prepares a place for us. Where I am, there you'll be also. All of that is connected. But before you can get to where he is, you've got to have faith. You've got to have faith. Abraham had that faith, and we are to walk in his steps. Abraham trusted God by faith. He left his home by faith. He offered up his first son by faith. He, he went on and entered uh, to the promised land by faith. He saved his brother or uh, his nephew by faith. He entered into Egypt, messed up a little bit, but was rescued and came out by what? Faith. You know, faith, faith, faith. That's what made him righteous. The righteousness was accounted to Abraham by his faith. So, uh, and so Abraham. Uh, gave us the example of how to walk in the steps of Christ. First Peter uh, two twenty one, and, that, and that's what they were telling. He said, "Look, you want to know? You want to know how to walk in faith like Paul Abraham? Look at Jesus Christ, the one you know." Peter wrote that the one you crucified, the one you convicted and crucified, who had no sin, the innocent man. Peter was just a little bit more bold than Paul up here, but this is in a different context. He's making a case right now. Uh, and so, uh, and then we go to verse 13. It says, the promise granted through faith. It says, uh, well, the promise that he would be uh, the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through law, but through uh, the righteousness of faith. For if those who are those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of no effect. Uh, because the law brings about wrath. For where the law is uh, where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of the faith uh, that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. 
uh, verse 17, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of him who he believed God. He, as a God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Uh, and so I'm going to stop right there. Because uh, who, contrary to hope, in, uh, contrary to hope, in hope, believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old. And the descendants of Sarah's womb. I'm gonna stop there. I'm gonna stop there. That, that verse 19. Uh, there's a lot going on right here. Uh, go ahead. There's a huge historical question. There is a great attestment to Wyman's fragment. And this is a testament to Romans specifically, 413 to 5.3. This is Wyman's uh, fragment. Found in Alexandria. It was close to Cairo. It was done in Alexandrian Greek. And uh, it's a codex, which means it came out of the New Testament, obviously, because there wasn't a scroll. It's written on both sides, so we get part of it. Uh, four and part of five. So well, part of uh, the backside, the uh, rectal side can be red. The backside can be only slightly decided. But anyway, I bought it from Massachusetts. Uh, we bought it, and it's been studied. And this little piece goes to the from the script that is written uh, uh, specific slant specific uh, characterization of, of the, the back then it wasn't a type typewriters it was all done by handwriting written script and they can tell from the form of it that probably came in late third century because things of that type are from third century. And so could come from third, late third and early fourth. But generally now it is the earliest piece of what we're reading right now that's found in a test and has the same that actually it corrects some of the new uh, tense the tenses of the words in this chapter. What and in this section of, of Romans 4. This is Romans 4. And what is being attacked today is Paul's new perspective. Paul's new perspective, sorry, it, it's an old perspective. Uh, not that old, because it's the New Testament, right? But no, they it's 2,000 years old and they want to change it. They're calling it uh, Paul's new perspective. And I will give you some points on that. I'm going to let you okay. characterize it first. And we'll come back to that. Uh, Abraham, in this section, Abraham did not become the father 
did not Abraham's faith did not come through the law. And verses 13 and 15 we'll talk about. Abraham received the promises by faith. Uh, Abraham did not become the heir of the world through the law. Abraham became the heir because of the promise of God in Genesis 12, 30. God gave him a promise. Because of his faith. Yeah, because of his faith. Abraham was promised that he would be the father of many nations in Genesis 17, 4 and 5. Now, there, there's a lot going on in, in, in Genesis when it comes to Abraham. There's a lot happening. And, uh, and there's a lot of things that God talked to Abraham about. And it set the stage for things to come. Remember, the Old Testament is, it, it, it is, a, is a picture of what's to come. He's Christ. And so, I'm telling you right here, Abraham was promised many descendants because of his obedience. In Genesis 22, 17. Think about it. The man was close to 100 years old and had no male servant. I mean, he had no, no children. No heirs. His, his wife was barren. And she was, what, older than him, right? No, she was nine. She was nine. Okay, she was 10 years younger than him. Um, yeah, I think you're right. That, that is, anyway, uh, she was definitely past childbearing here. And she miraculously gave birth. Of course, we know the story. Alright, the seed of Abraham did not become an heir through the law. Jacob received the same promise from God in Genesis 28, 14, and 15. Judas was promised that Shiloh, uh, which Christ would come in Genesis 49, 10. Did you know Shiloh in that Christ? Um, God promised Christ uh, the nation as an inheritance in Psalm 2.8. Abraham became an heir through the righteousness of faith. Through the righteousness of faith. Abraham lived several hundred years before the law was even given. In Matthew Galatians 4, 16 through 18. So you keep going and Paul in his letters, he keeps bringing this statement up. Especially for the Jews, because the Jews are intervening in him where, where he's preaching. And, and he tells you, look, he says, look, you need to go back and read. Think about what you're saying. You were taught this from a child up. You missed it. Abraham lived before the law. Abraham lived before the circumcision. Abraham was accounted righteous before the circumcision and the law. See, the law wasn't given to Moses. And that's what I said a couple hundred years, you know, passed before before Abraham, uh, before Moses received the law. So how did he become righteous? Through faith. Abraham did not depend on the law. Uh, in 14, it says, if people became heirs through the law, faith is made void. Abraham is the father of, of all because of his faith. And we just read that. Well, we ain't read it out there yet. It was 4.16. Um, Christ would have died in vain if righteousness had came through the law. Christ death on the cross would have been in vain if righteousness came through the law. The law was given so that people would know that they needed salvation. That was, that's the whole point of the law. Do you remember? 
And if you break one, you might as well throw them off. The result is the same. Death. He said it. We inherited it. We inherited it. And, and I like to use the analogy, you know, you've heard it say, you got a big cane, got ten links in it, those are the ten commandments. And you grab a hold of the bottom link that swings you out over the grand cane. Does it matter which one of those links breaks? What's happening? You're going down. It's the same, it's the same point that he's trying to make with the Ten Commandments. It doesn't matter which one of them you broke. The results are the same. Death. Death. And you the only way that you can not pay that debt is somebody had to pay it for you. Well, of course, that was Jesus Christ. And so since he paid the debt of the world, when we come to him, we are made righteous, not through anything we've done, but through the shed blood of Christ on the cross. And we know that that sacrifice was accepted because three days later God raised him from the dead. That's how we can stand on that promise. That's how. The reason the Israelites should have been able to stand on the promise that God made with Abraham is by faith in the fact that the circumcision was a sign of the promise, not the promise. See, they thought because they were circumcised, they had a promise. They thought because they were God's chosen people, that was it. Hey, they didn't have to do anything. They were in like friends. Their place in eternity was set. Most of them didn't even think about eternity. And to think the difference between the Sadducees, the Pharisees, and the scribes was some thought for all practical purposes that this was it. When he died, he was buried in a field like a beast in the field. That was it. There was no afterlife. And then you had some who believed in the resurrection of the soul, but not the body, because it was a Pharisee. And then you had the Pharisees who believed in the resurrection of the soul and the body. But they all thought that because, except for the except for scribes, they thought that because they were Israelites, they didn't have to, that none of that applied to them. Salvation was guaranteed because of birthright. Nowhere in the Bible does it talk about birthright. There's people today sitting in churches across this country who think because they walk down the aisle and a grandma and a grandpa and a mom and dad started and founded this founded the church. They went there their whole life and they walked out and they, they had a head decision about Christ that their place is Jesus' effect because of birthright, not because of a heartfelt condition, not because of a change. I mean, that's, that's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you going to get this? Well, you know, you know it, you're, you're dead on. And, and he said it succinctly. He said it as it is. It's faith. It's belief. It's always been that. Now, this is where a lot of uh, conflict comes in. A lot of things dispensationalists views begins to crop up. There, just, just let me give you a little his, history here. 1948, from the birth of the modern nation of Israel, through all kinds of uh, thinking into this, that, oh, well, they're back in the land. The land, the promises of, of God on the land have now changed. What? What? And secondly, Thus, Christians should expect Christ's return in the parents of the Antichrist and the rapture of church. Anytime. Well, that's imminent anyway. But, hold on a second. In the Bible tells us we need to be vigilant. Every morning. 
step or watchman under the Lord. Thirdly, Christians have a biblical obligation to support Israel because they are God's chosen people. That support word, uh, we know what it means. Uh, let me read that the way it should be said. Thirdly, Christians have a biblical obligation to tell the gospel message to everybody, including the Jewish people, so they don't not fail in seeing who Christ really is. Isaiah 53 uh, in particular, which they do not read in synagogues across the world. So, uh, I just want to throw this out. I know this is a little bit controversial, but it's out there, and we must be grounded in the long view of how God is going to redeem the ground. Later we'll read in Romans that the earth groans for its redemption. I mean, it was a garden of Eden at one time, and I think it remembers it if it's a living organism. Well, at least Christ remembers it. Because God and then walked in the garden of Adam. It's going to be accomplished. God will have His garden of Eden. Period. And it's not ours to explain. I mean, it's the mystery of God here. But in all fairness, this goes to a lot of things. Does The question comes up. I like the questions because it makes us think. Does the New Testament modify, nullify, or expand the Old Testament promises or institutions? That's for you to figure out, huh? Catch that on your way home. That, that is to say, they want... The theologians even want to twist this message. And you can see it in some of their writings. Uh, they're coming out with the idea that what Paul is really saying here is that there's plenty of fact. N.T. Wright, one of the better writers, not always is he correct, states that there's as many of these ideas of what this interpretation is, and you just explained it correctly, um, that they're going off on all these tangents, forgetting the rest of the, the, the gospel, the promises of God, all the other things that fit into this. Everything must agree. And when we take the Bible as a whole, the interpretation as a whole, these things aren't rocket science. They aren't. They aren't that deep of a thinking. It's simple. God's going to have His promises fulfilled in time. It's not ours to force into our day and age what's going to happen in the Bible. It's going to happen over a long period of time. So, so the dispensationalists, the idea of this. Paul's new perspectives, it's, it should be called perspectives because there's plenty of them out there, none of which agree, uh, it is, is the new writings and the new things that you'll hear once in a while, even on YouTube or wherever. But the whole point is, there's one perspective, and it's God's perspective, and He is, he is bringing out these things. Paul is talking in the spiritual sense He's not going off and making war with Rome. 
and trying to make an inflammatory remark to the politics of Rome of the day. He is sticking to the gospel message here. And he's, he's wide open for laying out his case. He's not going to deviate from that. He's not going off on a tangent to, to reconcile Israel's place against the imperial Rome. He's talking to his church in Rome. That's true. He's not trying to overthrow Rome. And, and, and to follow up with it, you know, Christ would have died if, if Christ would have died in vain if righteousness came through the law. Galatians 2.21. God says that the law makes nothing perfect. And, and that's in Hebrews 7.19. Nothing is made perfect by the law. In fact, we know the reason for the law is to tell men that they're not right. I mean, who... The, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees had it so wrong that the Ten Commandments weren't enough. They had to put 680 some more laws in there. You know, they couldn't keep the ten, so let's see if we can do 800. You know, and, and to show that Jesus Christ fulfilled it right. on the righteous side of that. He didn't break anything. Right, right. You know, and, you know, God said that the law is based on wickedness, but Christ on perfection. And that's Hebrews 7 28. Uh, you know, he based on perfection. Who is, you know, there's only been three people that ever set foot on the face of this earth that were perfect. And the first two didn't stay that way. Think about it. When they walked with God in the garden, he said it was good. And then they messed up. And now, the only other person was God himself, clothed in a human form came to earth to redeem its creation. I mean, there's nowhere, nowhere, nowhere in any, any form, fashion, or old-style history where the Creator put on His creation to save it. Nowhere. There, there's not another religion, there's not another theology, there's not anything that does that. Now, there is coming they're going to come a counterfeit. But hopefully when that counterfeit is doing it, the church is not going to be. We'll be out. But he's going to try to be everything just like Christ except he's not. We've had the original. And when he comes back the that time in all of his glory, that's when the world's going to grow and up. That's when the need shall bow and the tongue will confess. And so... Those are the things that's coming. Uh, the people became heirs through the law. said, if people became heirs through the law, the promises have no effect. If the law is what made us heirs to salvation, heirs to Christ, heirs to God, then the promises are null and void. We're not, we won't get to heaven. You can't count on anything because he's telling you right here that the law and promises were through evil. I mean, they were based on wickedness, but Christ on perfection. If people became heirs through the law, the promises have no effect. Abraham received the inheritance by promise, not by the law. And we're going to keep beating this horse for a while until Paul is putting it out there. This is it. He wants them to understand without a shadow of a doubt. You know, that's Galatians 3, 18 to 24. God 
accomplishes what he pleases just through his word. Isaiah 55 11. And God will look to accomplish what he pleases through his word. Faith comes by what? Hearing. And through the word of God. Salvation comes by what? Through the word of God. That's why it's important that we read this. That's why it's important that God's word be read. Think about it. We're lucky. We're very blessed. We have the written word. There are folks out there that don't have and yet still believe. You know, Christ told his disciples, blessed are those who have not seen yet believe. And we're those. We haven't seen what we believe. And they seen. Look, they seen and doubted. So why do you expect us not to be able to doubt? Why are we holding ourselves to, to, a, to a standard that we couldn't believe? That the disciples couldn't even keep. They walked with him for four years and still couldn't grasp the concept of the things that he was talking about. I mean, that was scared to death. When the storm came up in the middle of the night, he was laying in the boat asleep. That was scared to death. He was scared to death after he made it absolutely calm. Who is he that can speak and calm the sea? And they were scared to death. They were scared to death. From that, that point on, they were scared to death. You know, if you've ever watched any episodes of the Chosen, you see, you see that they were a diverse group. They didn't much get along with each other, much less, you know, anybody else. Yeah, I mean, you know, and all of them, all of them were like us. Thought they were right. All of them thought they were right. Each one of us believes we're one hundred percent right in our belief, and we're not. Sometimes we're not. We got stuff twisted. We learned stuff when we were children from, from pastors that did the best they could do and they told us something that wasn't well, quite right. And it's hard to unlearn those things that we were taught as God. It is. But you have to see it. And then one day the light goes, boom! Man, I've been so wrong. And so, this is what he's talking about. It comes, you know, God accomplishes what He pleases just through His Word. We're already sitting here today because he accomplished what he pleased with us through his word. Somebody had explained to us or preached to us or talked to us about God. And they planted that seed. And it may have taken years. And then all of a sudden, boom, we realized, whoa, you know, I, I, I'm going to, if I die today, I'm going to hell. And we come to the we come to the Lord. For some of us it was very emotional and it was traumatic. For others not so much. And it's okay. But it was all from the heart. And then you start seeing the change. The things you like, the people you hang around with, the things that you don't like, they start to change. Friends walk away. Oh, there's something wrong with you. You're different. You think you're better than me. Because as soon as you get saved, what well, What's the first thing you're going to do? You won't tell everybody about it. Man, let me tell you what happened to me. I know. I was told to be quiet. <laughs> you know, there's... Yeah. I mean, there's a, a guy that, uh, that speaks of the land promises, the expansion of the Old Testament land promises about... These promises were made to descendants of all nations. All nations. 
and the nations is ethnos group, by the way. Ethnos is the word that's used. And uh, via Abraham's faith, the promise is made in his time. And so the land, one third of the Mishnah, or the Pharisaic legal code is concerned with the land of Israel. Clear views in multiple Jewish literature did not view the land promises expanding outside of Israel. The way they understood it, the land was a promise God made to Israel. With that said, the word for land used in verse 13, we're still on verse 13, is not cosmos, but akin to ground you walk on. Right. And so we, we kind of said that it was extended to the new heaven and new earth. But this is geographical region, specific geographical region. The point here is that this may even mean inheriting people in the land. And that's his point. The actual inheritance of Abraham is, as this gentleman here concludes that Paul is referring to an inheritance of people, not land. Not only land, let's set the land aside because it's a mystery here how this land is going to be broke out. But the people is not a mystery because Paul's talking about here in, in, in color that the people that will inherit the promise of faith through faith are Gentiles and Jews alike. And that McDonald also makes this comparison that the heir of the world means that Abraham would be the father of believing Gentiles and Jews as well, 4, 11 to 12. The father of many nations, ethnos groups. This is the point. This promise is going to the people by and large. Now where the land uh, that's a mystery. You can clear that up if you want. Well, I mean, you can. If you, the best I can do, and, and, and this is me, this is, I'm, I'm telling you, it's me, it ain't, you know, it's not something I read anywhere, but this is my understanding. If it was geographic length, and then you listen to the numbers that they're talking about, mm-hmm. hundreds upon hundreds, thousands upon thousands, ten thousands upon ten thousands, because they didn't have hundred thousands and millions that they have no concept of that. And so ten thousands of ten thousands, you know, that's a lot of people. And if you get the ten thousands of the ten thousands, there would be no work for anybody in Israel to stand if they went by the old boundary that set down in Genesis. So he's obviously talking about the whole world. He's obviously talking about different people. Because it says every tongue. You know, uh, uh, an ethnos group, every group. All nations. And, and when you get to, when you just fast forward to Revelation, and John sees what he sees, he was enamored by the people. The numbers of people, he, you know, he couldn't, he could not comprehend that number. Just like today. We can't, we, we hear the, the term tree, and we have no idea what a tree is. Most of us have no idea what a name is. Some of us, it's hard for you to understand a hundred thousand. But anyway, that, 
Those numbers, you know, they, they're just numbers. I mean, you, just, you pick one number, say one, and put a whole bunch of zeros behind it. You know, and, and you get a bazillion, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but they have no concept of that. So it has to be people. Right. Not geographic. Now, when the new heaven and the new earth comes down, and the millennium, it, 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 it will be geographic. It'll be geographic. And we'll understand. The well, it's, it may be. If it's up there, you know, if it's important, that's like, you know, I, I, I want to come back to our fragment a little bit. To give you a little history, a little uh, third century perspective on that piece, that fragment what was happening during that time. Uh, you can see why the controversy of the land and the, the promises here and how all these guys have gone off on their own rabbit trail to figure this out. I mean, it's best to just table it for a moment. <laughs> and, and here's the facts of this fragment we, we passed around. This fragment is owned by one guy out of uh, Gymnasia Plain, Massachusetts, who bought it 1950. This has been around since 1950 and it's bought from a, an Arab guy who found it at Bashta, northeast of modern Old Cairo. So this this particular fragment was a testament of the explosive growth of Christianity made at the end of the third century for down into the Nile Valley area and as far up at Mo as far up as modern Aswan. The fragment is a small piece of, again codex, the right side you can read it's legible. The script is Alexandrian. And what they did back then was they handled the sacred nomra, the nomra sacred words for God. They had the divine names written with the first letter and the last letter and a line above them. So this, they didn't put the extra letters in between. The names for God and Jesus and the, the divine names were written as an abbreviated thing. Why? Because it cost them to write this. And so when they use these names over and over again, they abbreviated them but they were well understood with a line above them indicating there's a series of letters that were left out. And it left little doubt that this was a product of the Egyptian scriptorium that came from the latter part of the third century. It's an earliest testament of this piece of Romans. And it, 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 it agreed with what we have today with the subtleness of some of the tenses on the words. And I don't know my tenses real well to explain that. But but it is, hey, we've got the Bible. We know it's true. It hasn't been changed. And this little piece is a testament to that truth. Any question? Any comment? And if you can read it, I'm late. <laughs> 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 
you know, it's like if you try to read my manuscript, you know, you're going to need to take a class in higher physics. Uh, so, uh, there's no question that I'm coming. We'll, uh, we'll go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, Father God, I love you and, and we love you. We thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you. Thank you for Brother Paul. We thank you for the word that he put down. We thank you for this fragment. Lord, you prove your word at your time. You prove the things in the world at the time that they need to be proved. Lord, we trust you. We know that who you are. We believe in who you are. And Lord, we see you work. We just ask you to bless us as we go forward. <clears throat> Bring us back here Sunday, Lord, so that we can worship you uh, with all of our bodies. In Jesus' name, I pray.